Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. If y'all will please turn with me to Psalm 46. Starting at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is the river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the, the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes the war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, the bow and cuts the spear in two. He, churns, he burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. for you guys and we're going to keep doing that um man it is uh it has been a kind of a strange week I, I think i share with you guys my um my word of the year so some of you guys that weren't here a couple weeks ago i i ranted against a new year's resolution and uh, and decided that what i've done is a word of the year okay and my word of the year is unhurried and I don't think I think it's one of those things you know where you where you decide you're going to look something in the eye and really go after it and it's like that beast went crazy inside of me you know just this idea of everything inside of me was just like like my rpms as far as like went through the roof you know everything seemed to be going faster and needed to get done more quickly and all these things so uh yeah it's been one of those those weeks where i feel like i woke up the beast a little bit you know you poke the beast and 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 there it is right so uh, that that is my word of the year it's okay to have a new year's resolution there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing anti-christian about that (laughs) i just went on my little soapbox about it and that's just me that's just me, but that, that is my word of the year, so you can ask me about it, and it's been great uh, studying the Bible and just 
realizing, do you ever, um, like, do you ever feel like things are going so fast in your head that you almost feel like you're losing your mind? Does that ever happen to anybody else? It happens to me. I mean, like the internal RPM, and you're just like, you, you got to get going, and everywhere you have to get fast, and you have to. Then when you get somewhere, it's got to be. And and I'm like, man, I know this. God, like God did not build my body to do that. And so uh, this is going to be a good learning experience this year, I think, for, for me. I think uh, if this last week was any indication, uh, and there was some great victory in there too, but it was. It was, uh, it was crazy. We're going to be reading out of Psalm 46 today. So you can turn over there if you haven't already. Uh, what William read for us. We're beginning the year with the theme of the journey. Specifically this journey that, uh, you know, specifically that this journey, this idea of us being born into Jesus, being rescued from death and being brought into life. And that period of time between where, where, where we are found to be blameless and pure, like we become disciples, we're washed of our sin, we get the Holy Spirit inside of us, that period of time, and when Jesus comes back, or when we die, when we're no longer alive on this earth, there's a, there's a period of time in there that each and every one of us will definitely be on a journey. And there's going to be mountains and valleys there's going to be celebration. There's going to be mourning. There's going to be grief. Over, over the course of this big journey, as Mike shared, there's going to be journeys within that journey, right? It may be seasons, seasons in, in campus and seasons as a young adult, right? Different seasons. Maybe you go through seasons where there's health issues and you're going through that season within kind of this journey within a journey. And what we want to talk about is is, is the, the theme that God really shows us in the Bible when we take a step back and look over this entire story is when God saved us, when he, when, when he made us his, his goal wasn't that we would stay the same for the rest of our lives. That wasn't his goal. In fact, if you think about it, um, you know, if you've ever asked the question like, well, why when, when I was baptized and I came out of the water, why didn't God just take me directly to heaven? That would be, that, wouldn't it be great? That would be phenomenal. Although, can you think of anything more powerful than seeing God change a weak and broken human being? There, there isn't anything we can see with our eyes on this earth more powerful than seeing us change from, again, this, this weak, broken worldly, insecure person. And the only difference is that we are known by Jesus and he knows us. That, that truly is powerful. So this journey that we're on, this idea of maturing or this process of becoming more like Jesus over time is, is meant not just for us to have a better life, but that God will be glorified. Right. That God will go. That, that's absolutely like one of the words I love to use is being, things being unexplainable. As Christians, as a church, that the world should look and go, these things are happening, and I can't explain it outside of the fact that they're with Jesus. 
it can't be explained by talent and it can't be displayed by discipline. It can't be explained by strategy or program or, or who has the best team ministry, kids kingdom, you know, singing group, all of these things. It's the simple fact that it's unexplainable. And that's what the world needs to see. The, the world really doesn't need to see a group that comes together and says, Jesus is great and he brings us from death to life and he's really fantastic and I love him, but I've never really changed. Because what the world says is, why would I waste my time on Sunday doing what you're doing? Why, why would I want that? Okay, that, that's a challenging thing. And what's amazing is, so some of us here, like, you know, probably if you're over like 45 years old or, you know, right in their mid 40s and up, you remember a time where we lived in uh, in the United States where the United States truly was kind of like much more of a of a Christian nation. What, what do I mean by that? I don't mean what hopefully you're not thinking political. OK, I'm not here running for office. What what, what the issue was, was that most people you talk to when you ask them, they would they would whether they went to church or not. Whether, whether they ever read the Bible or not, people would identify themselves as Christian. Yeah. And we're now a really a post-Christian world. What, what does that mean? Is that you felt 20 years ago really kind of embarrassed if you were like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. Or, man, I'm, I'm a Muslim. Or I'm a Buddhist. Or something like that. It was kind of like you were embarrassed because... Man, everybody else around you identified as Christian. But in a post-Christian culture, what ends up happening is, is everybody's just like, I don't, I don't care if you call me a Christian or not. It doesn't mean anything anymore. It isn't more, it, there, there isn't a majority, there isn't that. So now it's, it's this world that isn't saying, man, we really should go to church. We really should follow this Christian ethic. We live in a world now where they're like, why would I do that? And we live in a world where people are really comfortable. And, and I do think this is a good thing for us as disciples. I think the world is very comfortable saying, listen, if you're going to do what you're doing, tell me why you're doing it. Right. What makes you different than me? And I think that's really good. Because that, that, it keeps us on our toes, right? It, it keeps us on our toes to be going, man, why am I doing this? Or to be asked a question, so you say you follow Jesus and your life is supposed to be changing and you have the Holy Spirit. And what we read about the Holy Spirit is he, he fills us and we become bearers and, and internalizing joy and peace and patience. And for the world to go, where, where is it? Uh, I've shared this before uh, about Fun Zhao, right? And she asked, said, so if you're a Christian, you don't worry? got to stop there for a second because what follows the answer to that can be really embarrassing yeah. oh no 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 we still worry the same okay then why would I do what you're doing yeah. this is what can happen right in the church so we're on this, this journey where Jesus is going I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness everything and specifically I think he's meaning there is the Holy Spirit I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness. And I'm giving you my Holy Spirit in 2 Corinthians 3 that will actually do this work inside of us that will absolutely change us. Not that we would all of a sudden be able to handle anxiety better, but we become unanxious. 
Not that we cope with depression better, but that we really learn how to find our way through that. Okay, don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? Don't say I'm like, man, if you're depressed or anxious, it's a spiritual, it's only spiritual. That's not what I'm saying. But also don't neglect this idea of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And this idea of where we are now isn't where we have to stay. And that's, that's the promise. So this journey, I'm excited about it. I don't know where it will take us. I think with most journeys, it's, it starts out and it'd be great if it was like, hey, we're on this one road and it's going to go straight and it's going to end up and we're going to all be beautifully mature in Christ. Yet I think like all of us know that it's not going to happen that way. It, we're going to be like everywhere. There may be times we have to hit the brakes and go backwards a little bit. And, and that's, that's okay. Those are great road trips, by the way. Oh, man, we got lost. We're over here. And I don't, listen, you got to be careful. Going, Did he say it's okay to be lost? No, no, no. I'm talking just a road trip, okay? <laughs> I'm like, he said it's okay to be lost. No, 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 no. I'm just saying is our, our trip isn't going to be without, uh, there's going to be some craziness. Like I said, ups, downs, all these things. Psalm 46. So th- this, this week has been my meditation chapter this week. And when we talk about moving on to maturity, specifically, I was looking at this from a standpoint of being unhurried. But the more I read about how do we become spiritually mature, it's not, it's not a product of me and you working harder. It, it isn't. It's not a product of us having a program that we can go and write a book about or have an have a online series. To, man, we've got the program to become spiritually mature. That, that isn't what it's about. Hope, our hope is this. Can we put ourselves in a position, in a posture to Jesus that he's going, okay, now, now things can happen. Now growth can happen. Because there's a lot that goes on inside of us that can get in the way of that. And, and I love Psalm 46 because I feel like it speaks to that. So let's read the first three verses again. Just follow along. I'm reading out of the NIV you may be reading out of different versions. We'll speak to that in a second. The first, uh, first of all, I don't know how many people pay attention to this. Right under, in, in some Bibles, it'll say, like, what this is about. And it says, for the, and it, there's, a, there's an instruction. For the director of music. This is a song. This is a song. Of the sons of Korah. Well, what does that mean? Okay. Well, the sons of Korah... When you, when you read all the way back, and I'll do, the, I'll do the homework for you today, but you can double check me on this one, is they, they're a Kohathite. They come from Kohath, all right? And, and you're going, oh, well, that makes total sense now, okay? <laughs> but what people think is they were the song leaders. They were Levites. They were of the tribe of Levi. And many people believe, well, they were the song leaders. So they're saying, okay, well, for the director of music, this is from the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth. Right, and I don't know what your, uh, you know, it's probably just a term or a title or something. I don't even know if many people know. But then he says it's a song. Before we get into this, remember context matters. When you listen to a song, your favorite song, maybe it's your favorite, like it's really upbeat. Maybe it's a breakup song. Maybe it's a happy song. Maybe it's a musical song. Maybe it is, or all these things. There's something about music that does connect with us, right? There is something about that. And I feel like when we read this in a way that it's just a narrative, we miss out on what they were trying to get across. 
And so we understand this isn't just accurate, like 100% historical narrative. This is a song. And so let's read here. I'm not going to sing that. I thought, you know what would be great? The church needs to hear me sing this. But it's okay. Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And you guys may have a little word there that says Selah. Some of you do, some of you don't. Every Bible doesn't have it, okay? That, that word, okay, is a very mysterious word, first of all. Oftentimes we go, it just means pause. There's potentially a stronger, like, definition of it, which is stop and listen. Like, stop the music. Stop right here. Don't go to the next one. Don't go to the next section. Don't do it. Stop and listen. Isn't that a great thing? Could you imagine? I think this would be pretty cool. I mean, you think about the, the words we sang earlier, all to Jesus I surrender. And it's easy to go, you're singing, singing, singing. And what if William or Ben, and they're like, all to Jesus I surrender, stop. Now let's take a second to listen to what we just said. Let's, let's take a second. Or, or you have a whole section. Stop. Like, there's going to be some thought put into this. Like, this isn't just about being, like, popular. This isn't just about being something that is going to entertain us. This is meant for a specific reason for us to stop and listen and pay attention to what was just said. God is our refuge. Okay? Here's the thing is, we live in a world, and, and it's not very different from their world. They lived in a world that was really, un, it was unstable. And, and kingdoms were overthrowing kingdoms. I mean, this was a time probably about r- roughly about 1000 B.C., okay? You have kings, you have King Saul, then King David, King Solomon. You have the divided kingdom. You have basically chaos in the world, in their known world. There, were, there was chaos happening. There were wars going on. There were tribes, like, fighting one another. You very well could find your, your community, like, taken over and you taken away, or your wife and your children taken away. Like it was very uncertain at the time. And so, isn't that interesting? Is our world's very similar to that today? It's unstable. We don't know what's going to happen from day to day. And we have this constant, this constant barrage of dramatic news that comes through every single day that we get so wrapped up in. And what ends up happening is everybody is afraid. When I read this, I was like, oh, man, this is this is great because when I stop and listen, I'm like, oh, yeah, God is my refuge and strength. Oftentimes what I want to look for is, isn't there a great answer that the world can give for all of us to get together? Like, isn't there something we could join together with for something to happen? God is our refuge and strength in ever present help in trouble. How many times do you think in a day, so as I was meditating on this, I can't tell you the number of times each day I had to go back and say these very things. Hold on a minute. God's ever-present help. It's not like God, okay, like we're trying to get people to work on our house, okay? And you call the guys, and here's the thing is, they're not (laughs) ever-present. I hope none of them are watching this right now. (laughs) Or or our kitchen's never getting done. They're not ever present. It's like, I need help. 
I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of my floors falling in. I'm tired of these things. I need help. I'm not ever present. Leave a message in the tone. Here, here's the opposite right here is how much of a difference does it make? And how many times do you and I have to tell ourselves that? Hold on. He's ever present like here right now. When I'm in class, when I'm at home, when I'm wherever I am, ever present. It's like we can talk now. We can listen now to him, right? Ever present. He said, therefore, we won't fear even if the earth gave way. What if we woke up seriously tomorrow? I mean, growing up in California, this was like one of the things that they told you was going to happen. The earth was going to give way. You were going to open up into a big hole. We had tons of earthquakes, big earthquakes. They were very scary, right? If we woke up tomorrow... Is it, wouldn't you be a little bit scared if you're like, oh my goodness, Anderson fell into a hole. Like the earth opened up and it collapsed. The earth gave way. Yeah. Ryan's like, eh? Eh? You know? It's not, the interesting thing about it is, is these, these are little conversations we have though. Like the doomsday scenario. Well, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if this country invades that country? And what if this country gets nuclear weapons? And that country is that? And all these things. And going either way, whatever happens, whatever happens, we will not fear. Okay, this is all a precursor to the journey onto maturity. Okay, this isn't like, hey, go do these three things and you'll become mature. This is getting ourselves into a place for God to go, okay, let me get my hand. Now I can get my hands in there and we can get this, this maturity thing going. And ever present, even if, even if the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, we won't fear. How often do you think we'd have to tell ourselves that every single day? That's why this psalm was written this way. It's a song. How many times? Now, okay, like... If you hit, um, I think this is the case on Apple Music, right? I can go and look and find how many times I played a song. Right? Like Peebo Bryson. I love Peebo Bryson. Check him out. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> I go, I listened to that guy 177 times. That one song, right? Think of how many times. Think of what, when I ask you what's the first song that comes to your mind, okay? I want you to think about what that song is and the words that you know and the emotion it brings. And we have this, like, beautiful songbook here. And it's like, I'm thinking, well, how many times am I, like, playing this through to where it's, like, the amazing thing is music can change us. It, It does just the rhythmic kind of this a consistent message that's coming through our head, you know? It, it can change us. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And then again, so right here at the end of verse 3, stop and listen. All right, okay, so, so what am I saying? Stop and listen. Is <laughs> take these things and, and as we're reading through this and as you take this with you, and I would encourage you, it doesn't have to be this song. But I think part of the precursor of us like putting ourselves in a great place on this journey for God to really be doing some work, I think we have to put ourselves in a position to go, okay, the, that song is going to be going through my mind constantly. Okay? And then you read 4 through 7. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Now that is a crazy, weird, grammatical sentence. 
Essentially, it's saying there's a stream, there's a, there's a river that makes the city glad. It's providing for the city. That's what it's, it's meaning here. The holy place where the Most High dwells. So there, there's this river. He's, he's painting this picture. Hey, there's this river that provides and, and there's joy. Okay, He's already talked about God as a refuge and a strength. And now he's saying, hey, in that city, there's this river that provides Within her, and uh, it's in the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She won't fall. God will help her at, bre- at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. So it's, it's interesting because, again, how many times do we need to keep going back it seems very pertinent to our times today. The things that we worry about, the things that we're afraid of, the things that we're afraid of that we don't even know are going to happen. Right? Well, what if my kids... Got, like, so as parents, I think a lot of us can understand this. A lot of us, when we were going to school, like think about it, before cell phones, that we went to school and there was no way for our parents to know what we were doing that whole day. Yes. Yes, like I would leave my house on Saturday morning, okay? And it wasn't like I didn't live out in the country. I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. I would leave in the morning, and I'd go, and I'd play with my friends all over the place. My parents didn't know if I got run over by a car, taken by somebody else, that broke my neck riding my bike. My parents had no idea until about 7.30 or 8 when I was supposed to come home. And what's interesting, my parents never worried now, hold on a minute. Let, okay. Did they worry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. But they, they were not in a place where like, what, what if my son breaks his neck on his bike? They're like, well, I guess the paramedics will get him. I mean, that's what we pay the paramedics for, man. Or, or we'd come home. I fell on my bike one time and landed on my face and scra- went down the hill on my face. Okay? And I had a lot of freckles when I was in elementary school. Right, And it tore all of the freckles off the side of my face. And I came home and I'm bleeding and there's like flesh everywhere. And my mom's like, clean it off. (laughs) Right? And then all of a sudden, it's this idea of we have cell phone service. And it's like, my child must have a cell phone to go to school because what if something happens? And what do we pass along to them? Like, you better be scared. Or if something happens, you can't handle it. Like, we were like, hey, you go down and see Miss Stoner in the office if you got a problem. I remember Miss Stoner, she pulled a tooth out. I go in there, she pulled a tooth out. I'm like, it wasn't loose yet, though. I was just coming down to get a bathroom pass. Miss Stoner did everything in elementary school. Okay? But it's like, my parents didn't care. I came home missing a permanent tooth, practically. But the thing is, is there's this, this fear, instead of going back and going, hold on a minute, what do we have to fear? Our children will make us worry, absolutely. There will be times of anxiety, and there's nothing wrong. I, I get it. But I think it's gone so far to this area where we're going, what would happen? Well, what would happen is, is your child can go and call to the front office and make a phone call. Or, like with us... What if I got beat up in school? I did. And I still had to do my homework at the end of the day. 
and I understand there's a side of it of going, well, maybe it was different. Maybe things are more violent today. And certainly, I'm not trying to make a point like, hey, your child shouldn't have a cell phone or something. What I'm speaking to and what I see in myself is this idea of being conformed to the world telling us we should be scared. Yeah. Right. See, see how that's different? Okay. So there's this idea of having a healthy a healthy fear of like, I want to teach my children not to ride their bikes on the interstate. That's a healthy fear. But at the same time going, hey, you're going to go out there. You might hurt yourself. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. But you want to know what? And some, But here's the truth of the matter is, is, is no matter all the worrying we do, sometimes it may not be okay. Bad things do happen. Yeah. But bad things have happened from the beginning of time. No amount of worrying has stopped those things from happening. There hasn't been any amount of worrying. And so the difference here, and when I read this, it's like, man, we don't have to be afraid like the world is. We can equip our children, but we can live in a way where we're going, but I'm not like just absolutely, you know, chained up in fear to to the point where the rest of the world is going, why are we any different? And again, verse seven here. He goes down, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts up his voice, the earth melts. Okay, that's crazy. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Stop and listen. Just stop and listen. And this is telling us like, oh, let me go back. Let me keep, let me think about what we just sang. Let me think about what this is telling me. Let me think about the application to my life right now. Let me think about these things because this is so good. This is just like food for our soul right here. But then he goes down into verse 8. So if you notice, there's three of these times that the author says, stop and listen. And in verse 8, he says, come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. Or he has brought on there. He makes uh, earth or war. Uh, earth, war, bow, shatter. Let's go! Stop and listen! (laughs) Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Stop and listen. Did you notice that verse 11 right there and verse 7 is the same, right? You have this like thing. The, the, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You're right. It's, it's being said again. But here's the verse I love right here. Be still and know that I'm God. Your version, though, could say stop fighting and know I'm God. There's versions out there that when they take that word, they say, I think the Christian Standard Bible says, stop fighting and know that I'm God. What the, what the uh, people who translated the Bible, they were wrestling because they weren't sure is where he's saying like, cease your activity, stop what you're doing, like talking to the nations that were at war, maybe. Or was he saying, no, be still no matter who you are. Like, stop. If you're scared, if you're insecure, whatever you're doing, like, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Right? And I think of how much trouble I get into when I am not still inside. 
because I start thinking different things. I start start thinking scary things. I start thinking things that, well, how, what would happen? You know, I, I forget that God is our refuge and our strength. I forget that God is our fortress. I forget these things. I forget that though, you don't have to be afraid like the world is afraid. You don't have to be afraid that way. You don't have to be insecure. You don't have to be worried about not having enough because in God's kingdom, there's abundance. Like you, we don't have to worry about these things, but it's a message that happens over and over and over again. And be still and know that I'm God. I have a picture in my mind of, of really a wild stallion. And going, I, the wild stallion doesn't want somebody on their back. They don't want something in their mouth that's making them go different ways. And they're just, the more you try, the more it's like they're going crazy. Or if you have a cat, try to bathe the cat later. Okay? That, okay, that's a good. Now, I know my daughters, or my daughter and, and uh, Ivy, they, they bathe kittens from birth, and those cats actually like baths, okay? They're the only cats I know. Most cats, though, put them in the bath. You'll get what I'm saying. Like, cat, be still. That cat's going crazy. But this is what we've got to do. Turn over to 1 Samuel 13. This was an illustration that popped into my head about King Saul. So the Israelites wanted a king. They wanted a king. They said, we want to be like the other nations. The other nations have kings. They, they weren't getting the point that God was saying, I'm your king. They weren't getting that. They're saying, no, no, no. Everybody else has one. We want one. And God allowed it. He said, okay, we're going to have a king. Your first king was King Saul. Didn't turn out so great. King Saul was commanded to wait. Like there was a war that was about to happen, a battle he was about to take his people into. And he was told by the prophet, wait. Until I come and give the offering. I've got to do the sacrifice before you turn our people loose. So God will be with us. Right? That's pretty clear, isn't it? Like, hey, think about this. First, so uh, in 1 Samuel 13, let's, uh, let's read down. Uh, we'll, we'll actually start on verse 11 and, and I'll give it away to you. It got to be really close. The war was starting. The battle began to rage. The people began like moving in. And, and Saul as king was going, we can't sit here all day waiting for Samuel. He's late. He told me to wait seven days. What's the seventh day? And it's starting to get scary because they're coming after us and we're waiting. And so what Saul said, I'll do the offering. I'll make the sacrifice. Like, like I waited. He's not here. We've got to get going. Verse 11, what have you done, asked Samuel. Saul said, well, this is verse 11, 1 Samuel 13. Saul said, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. All right? So, so again, I think we can pause there for a second. and go, could, Can you imagine, like, Saul's mindset? He's scared. Samuel isn't coming. Now, Samuel came on time, but have you ever been to that place where the closer the deadline gets, the more insecure you feel? Like the more a deadline, you're like, oh man, is this going to happen? I'm not, you know, and, and he's going, oh, I don't know. The Philistines are gathering. This is getting ready. Like he's getting nervous. 
like everything begins. He's not still. Of going, Samuel told me, we've got this. God is our fortress. God is our refuge. God is ever present. God is it. The God of Jacob is our fortress. There wasn't this reminder of these things, but rather we should all be really scared right now. And in fact, what we're going to do is I'm offering the sacrifice. Because we need the, the presence of the Lord with us. I'm doing it. And, and Samuel said, you, verse 13, you acted foolishly. Yeah. It, it, here's the thing. I think Satan, there's such an incredible like battlefront right at the point when we're feeling anxious and scared. There's, there's, that, there's that battlefield right there. What will we do when we're anxious and scared? To go, hold on a minute. Let, God is my fortress and my refuge. The world could be falling apart in front of me. But God will take care of us. He's ever present. His, he lives in a, in a city that can't ever be taken. It doesn't matter if all of the... The soldiers in all the world came after us. We're okay. Saul said, you acted foolishly. You haven't kept the command the Lord gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So before we're too hard on Saul, I think it'd probably be really beneficial as we study this to go, would we do something different? Would we do something different? We're not facing a war. We're not facing the Philistines like gathering in Seneca and all these places. We're not facing that. But oftentimes the way we approach life can be, I need to take this into my own hands. I need to make a decision. I need to go and decide, make decisions before I inquire of God. Whatever it is, on how I live, in relationships I'm in, on how I spend my money, on how I'm a servant, is this idea of going, listen, I am going, we've got to be still in front of God and know, hey, He has got this. Have any of your parents ever said, you know, if you need to know the answer now, it's no? Yeah. I, now, remember as a kid when you would ask your parents and you thought it was life and death. Can I get that transformer at JCPenney? That's just me, okay? <laughs> I remember that. I wanted the transformer, man. Right? It was at JCPenney in the, the, the toys. I'm like, I have to have that now. Right? Any of you guys back there, the, the, the preteens, you guys ever feel that way? Like what I need, I need new scrunchies now. I need new fuzzy socks now. Okay? Like I can't wait. It's going to be summer next week. And, 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 and as a parent, you go, you're going to be okay. I think we need to think that way about God. Uh, hey, be still. You can talk to me. I'm ever present. I've shared with you what to do. For us, he's told us, if you're in doubt of anything, love people well. If you're in doubt, like if you really think you have to do something, serve people. If you really aren't sure, you can read your Bible and stop and listen. He's not silent. So that's 
my hope for us is that we can make this into something that is normal in our lives. This activity of, let me be still. Let me take this beautiful psalm here, and there's plenty of other ones, and let that play in my head over and over and over again. It's going to be the difference oftentimes in what the world sees. It's going to be the difference in what's produced inside of us. Is to remember what the writer of this song said, which is, dude, stop and listen. How practical and how important is that each day? I think it's pretty important as we're going on this journey that that is the starting point. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.